You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. Dungeons and Dragons is the story of an evil sorcerer trying to take over a peaceful kingdom. Or is it? In the basement rolling dice, rolling dice, I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die, roll a D6. Welcome back to the Origin Movie Podcast, where we try to find the real story behind the story. I'm Sean Taylor. And I'm Ian Mark. And today we're taking a look at Dungeons and Dragons. This is our uh, opener to Fantasy Month. Uh, all August we'll be taking a look at the movies offered to us from the fantasy genre. Um, this is basically your wheelhouse. <laughs> yes. And we are still sticking to our rule of 2012 or before. Yes. So no fantasy month would be complete without the fantasy player's fantasy Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, this is the epitome of fantasy, I think it is. You know. Oh yeah, I mean based off the the fantasy role playing game, the the most notable one, even if you've never played an RPG in your life, you've probably heard of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah. And so they got a little uh cocky and said uh yeah we can uh, make a movie about that yeah we can totally make a movie about it what it's, ah, it's, yeah. it's an open book we can make whatever we want yeah it's, and then this is what came out it's, of that it's book too bad they didn't have an editor um <clears throat> or maybe someone who's actually played the game yeah maybe who, <laughs> well they got some of the elements in there but we'll get to that we can welcome to the I, show uh bruce payne uh justin whalen marlon oh. marlon wayans and Zoe McClellan, and of course, welcome back, Jeremy Irons. Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, just Jeremy ironing all over this thing. <clears throat> it is interesting to see this one, and then our next feature. So to stay tuned, yeah. Well, also, also just to give a hint, we'll, yeah, Jeremy. Irons. Also features Jeremy Irons, and it's amazing going from him here to him there, yeah. In in the span of a few years, and uh, I guess we'll talk about that when we talk about the next feature. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, we can tease that at the end. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you may have noticed. Uh, um, Tex is not able to join us uh, for the first couple of months, for the first couple of weeks. So, but she will be joining us later for that. Um, so we have split up the synopsis duties. You mean you mean Tex is off in a mysterious far away? Yeah, land. she got taken away by evil magicians. Ah, <laughs> we have to go on a quest and everything. <laughs> the only way to get her back is two side quests: one with Dungeons and Dragons, and next week's show. That's what we have to do. <laughs> That's right. Hopefully, we get enough experience points, we can go face the monster that is holding <laughs> yeah, we her. We need experience points. That's it. Oh, oh, I'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. Well, Mark, you're taking over the synopsis for this for this week. And thank you for letting me do so. I, I did play D&D when I was a kid. Even actually, even recently, I played a little bit. Uh, one of my nephews has gotten into it. So I dusted off my 20-sided dice and uh, and my paper and pencil and, and was playing some. So uh, you're going to see a little bit of that here. I'm going to make some reference to it, uh, some game mechanics and stuff like that, because I really get the, you know, I'm trying to imagine this in the context of what it would be like if I was playing as you know, or even observing this being played by by players. That's kind of the 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 angle that I'm going for here. Obviously, I can't do what Tex does. I'm not the writer; she is. Right. So I'm going to do it my way, and here we go. <clears throat> 
Our story begins with the faceless dungeon master telling us about the land of Izmir, a land that is ruled by mages, but yet somehow that doesn't make all the mages happy, including Jeremy Irons, who's, uh, who named his character Profion. <laughs> okay. Yeah, since uh, since it's the year 2000, we don't need to use our imaginations anymore, so a CGI city is born and we f do a flyby. We enter a dungeon. Uh, Profion enters and talks to his staff. Not the people working for him, but a magical staff. staff. He literally <laughs> talks to his staff. His uh, He rolls a 20. His spell is successful in lighting up the staff. A big door opens to reveal a CGI dragon, so hey, let's uh, give it up for the makers of this movie with at least, if nothing else, delivering on what they said the title of this movie was. <laughs> we don't always see that. That's so, very true. That's very that, true. Yep, War so, for the Planet of the Apes. See that one for it, more reference. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I'm giving this movie already 200 experience points for that. <laughs> Profreon attempts a roll for his control dragon spell and rolls a four, which is a failure. The dragon doesn't listen to him, uh, listen to him but doesn't really do much else either. Uh... Profion gets clever and says, I've seen Return of the Jedi before, so Profion casts the unlock the spell, uh, uh, sorry, cast the unlock spell on the dungeon door levers. He rolls a 20, critical hit. The dungeon door slams down <laughs> on the neck of the dragon. Profion calls a staff meeting. <laughs> Meanwhile, two other characters named Ridley and Snails are having a chat down by the river about Izmiri politics, religion, and social injustice, while the river casually burns with a pool of dragon blood. <laughs> By the way, these two players both wanted to play the thief character class, so despite conventional wisdom saying that you need to diversify your party, but that's all right. We're going for it. That's the fun of the game. Uh, back at the very quickly assembled staff meeting of all the mages, we've all heard Profion pontificate about how the Empress is a teenager and may not be up to the task, and we've all heard... That when Jeremy Irons created his character, that he probably rolled an 18 for charisma, because obviously <laughs> Profion believes he's doing the right thing by asking the kid Empress to return her scepter of undescribable power. Mostly undescribable because we have no idea what this scepter does. <laughs> the Empress goes to church and talks to a bearded priest, I, I mean mage, and asks how to stop Profion. Evidently being Empress doesn't come with enough juice to get rid of one dude. <laughs> the mage advises that the empress needs to outsmart Profion, but doesn't actually give her any advice on how to actually do this, because I guess he rolled a 2 for his intelligence check. This is always on a scale of 1 to 20, by the way, Obviously. Sean. Yeah, okay. Um, he then tells the empress that he's been on a side quest to get a rod that is just as powerful as hers, but has completely failed that quest. Back to Profion, he reminds us that he also needs said rod. Uh, I guess the rod we saw in the first scene was a practice rod? <laughs> he then turned to his right-hand man, Damodar, his bro, and asked him to do him a solid and go to the mage school and rough up the mages into telling him where the rod is. Seems like they should have happened already, but hey, it's never too late for a great idea. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the mage school, our two thief heroes are trying to rob the place, but again roll very low on their prowl skill checks, and are caught by the hot librarian mage with a successful lasso of not lying spell. Uh, Marina and Ridley uh, quip about how much they hate each other because of their classes, but will inevitably fall in love with each other later, and they're interrupted. The senior mage is being worked over by Damodar and his crew, but get no information. 
Damodar rolls a 20 while hitting the mage, and since that's a critical hit, he's able to kill the mage just by moving his arm slightly while holding the mage's face. <laughs> Marion sees some kick-ass crystals lying on the floor, rolls an 18, which pushes all the bad guys down, then rolls a 10 portal spell, so she easily escapes with the thieves in tow, but ends up in the dirtiest alley in the city. There they meet a dwarf, followed by the bad guys, roll a 17, and they run away. We now have the weakest party up in all of D&D history, since the dwarf has absolutely no reason for being there. <laughs> uh, the GM tells the heroes that they've been framed for murder by, uh, of the senior mage. Ridley immediately turns to Marina, who by this way, by this time has our, uh, done the she's all that to herself by taking off her glasses and letting down her hair. He reminds her that she doesn't have enough experience points yet to really handle this, and they try to go to a pub to figure shit out in public. No experience points. That's a dumb move to do when you're on the run. Go to a pub. Anyway. Okay, good to know. Yep. Profion gives Damodar a verbal beatdown for failure and hits him with the classic CGI in the face spell. Our main characters break for lunch. Yeah. Ridley, Ridley and Marina find out that the magic scroll is magic and get sucked into it. The dwarf player tries to... Uh, try something crazy, which the GM allows. He screams, bar fight, and a bar fight ensues. <laughs> Our characters roll a 20 on running away, so apparently the bad guys can't follow them. And here we, we have another side quest to find the Eye of the Dragon to get to the Temple of the Dragon. Now we finally have a friggin' game. We go to the Thieves' Guild, where the Guildmaster tells our heroes that Ridley will have to successfully navigate a maze to get the Eye of the Dragon, since why not put in the, the most precious thing you own, where you'll never be able to find it or see it. Ridley actually comes up with a clever way to get past the swinging axes, fire, and pointy things, rolling a 20 on every skill check. Davidar shows up, and so he and the Guildmaster can have a bald off. Another fight ensues, and our heroes don't roll so well, so Marina gets captured. They lose the map, but keep the eye of the dragon, and retreat to the forest of no bad guys again. Some elves show up to bolster the party again, and our main elf, we learn, is working for the Empress. Damodar creepily interrogates Marina, plugs some hen magic hentai into her head, and uh, kind of like the Matrix, just sucks the info out that uh, he wanted anyway. Our heroes go to rescue, rescue the princess, I mean Marina, while the elf and dwarf stay outside for no good reason. They give a reason, but it isn't good. Minus 20 experience points. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Snails is fighting Damodar, but fails most of his attack rolls. Ripley's rolling 18 and 19 all the way. No problems here. The fighting spills outside where Snails rolls a bunch of ones. He dies and his player has to make the next pizza run. <laughs> Damodar keeps rolling awesome defense dice while the mage player may be in the bathroom, I think. Oh, wait, there she is. Meanwhile, another staff meeting is in progress where Profion uses his charisma and convinces the council to decide with him in a coup. Ridley and Marina go back to not liking each other because Ridley is racist against mages. Meanwhile, the pizza run was successful. The players rejoice. <laughs> Finally, some action starts. We have the Empress versus the mages with dragons on her sides. Uh, the mages cast level 2 fireballs and a shield spell, but that's about it. More fighting ensues uh, between gold and red dragons. The dice fly furiously, and there are casualties on both sides. No one we actually care about. No. Except maybe Damodar, who finally loses a lightsaber battle with Ridley. Marina is proven useless once again, and the queen sicks a, a pet dragon on Profion. The end. Well, there is a denouement, but you can usually hear the rustling of paper and the calculation of experience points at this point, and all their gold finds as everyone levels up happily ever after. <laughs> 
Except for Snails. He's dead. And maybe that Ruby killed the other characters, but we don't know. The GM didn't tell us either way. Yeah, thank you. That's that's a good question. Yeah. Forgot to welcome to the show Thora Birch, by the way. I know. It was sorely miscast in this. What oh, the? Jesus. You know, her dead expression that she constantly has in every role she ever plays worked for her in both Ghost World and American Beauty does not help at all in this one. I dare say, I don't think it really worked in American Beauty. Um, uh, she was the, she was forgettable in that role. It actually was all about Mina Savari and Kevin Spacey. Well, very true, but at the same time... Because they actually used emotion. <laughs> well, at the same time, she was kind of like the uh, sort of like the, the, the emo daughter, right? Um, oh, fair enough, yeah. So I, it kind of works there, but geez. I, did, did you notice, did you get the feeling that maybe her lines were overdubbed a bit in this movie? <laughs> Uh, overdubbed by maybe someone else. I mean, I, I don't think she was actually speaking at a certain point. She was probably just mouthing, nah, 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 I'm pretty. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, really wasn't happy about that. Um, but, I mean, especially when you have, and they have scenes together, when you get that, and then you get Jeremy Irons, yeah. who's just, and we've all heard, and we, we've all, I love that. Like, that's, my favorite parts are the beginning with him, uh, even right down to his famous line of ah, da, 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 da. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck was that? I have no idea. That is not in the player's manual. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> Jesus. That is character flavor. I assume you've this... seen this movie before, right? I had. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, based on the title alone and having played it when I was a kid when it first came out, I actually went to the theater to see this. Yeah, me too. I was one of the few. I was like, wow, they finally done it. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck, they finally done it. Yeah. Oh, they did that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, me too. And I remember walking out going, man, that sucked. I don't remember anything from this movie aside from the 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 scene, the scene at the council where they're all in their individual skyboxes. Yeah. With the yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, like, with like the the red curtains that make them look like Muppets in the wide shot, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did expect to see a couple of guys go <laughs> <laughs> well, I expected them all to like come out. Like, I like we, it's too bad we didn't see them come out and you know arrive that way. It's time to play the music. It's time, to, and they're all just moving sideways and bouncing up and down. <laughs> that's, what I totally, that's what it looked like. Fans of the old Muppet Show. Um, <laughs> did the opening font for this movie look familiar to you? Uh, vaguely, vaguely. Uh, Why? Take a look what, at what it. What am I missing? I kind of saw it as like the first draft of the Harry Potter font. Oh, <laughs> okay. I've got to see that. Yeah, you got to look that up because it kind of looks like the Harry Potter font. But wow, it was okay. weird. Yeah, yeah, and I love the um, Ridley's. Uh, gotta love that tiger beat haircut. You know, <laughs> in times of yore, you know what I mean. In times, yeah. <laughs> now, are you referring to referring to the one that comes out of the clouds, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, the font, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, the main logo looks like it it, it left off the the page of the. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, it look like it looked it left like kind of like the first draft of that Harry Potter font. It's not quite the Harry Potter font, but. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like the cover of the D&D books, which I think they may have started with with Harry Potter, and then they're like, oh shit, that's already been used. You know what I mean? Like, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, we don't really get anything else. Like, it goes straight to... Uh, oh, I love this. Uh, it's it's the, the opening scene again, where they have a waterfall... Like a like it looks like water's being just drained into this this dungeon, and I guess it didn't look creepy enough, so someone put like a random human skull on top of the water, <laughs> the water fountain. Yeah, yeah, like just for shits and giggles. And then there's one on the table beside him, which is like, well, skulls are creepy. And then Jeremy Irons enters with his hands just kind of proffered to the side, like, ha ha, look at me. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah. what he's doing right throughout this whole movie. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I better turn that off, or I'm gonna get sucked back into this awesome uh, <laughs> film. <laughs> this is just poorly written. I mean, there's a, there's a line uh, Ridley has. Um, he says, "Have you ever heard about honor among thieves?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And as the saying goes, "There is none." Yeah, but yet he's proclaiming yeah. as if there is. Well, a lot of people forget about that second part. Right, they just take the honor at its uh, at its first, uh, you know, at, at face value. Just that there is honor among thieves. It's been kind of changed to that. Yeah. But you know, yeah. It's, it's so they not. so they totally it's... misappropriate. No, no, they totally misappropriate it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then later on, the uh, the guy with the the gray lips there. Oh, you know, the one who looked like he ate a Smurf for lunch. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's talking to uh, Marlon Wayans just before he kills him. He says, just like you thieves, always taking things that don't belong to you. Like, yeah, that's why they're thieves. <laughs> that's well, kind this... of the definition of the word. <laughs> it, it is weird that this movie decides it's just going to be class, like a classist society. So he's like a fighter class, so he's going to look down on all other classes. And yeah. the thieves don't like them. Like, even though he's got this hot chick who's actually helping him out. No, no, she's a mage, so er- ergo she's bad. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's some sort of weird racism. But an elf shows up, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's... Well, the dwarf doesn't like the elf. No, 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 that's that's a classic... Few, but that's see, that's a race thing. This is just a class, like like your job. Oh, okay, okay. Right? Class is more like your job or, or your occupation. Thief, mage, fighter. Um, that's separate from your race. So you can have a dwarf fighter or dwarf thief or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. So literally, like, Ripley could, or Ridley could have a brother who's a mage and you would fucking hate him. I guess. For no, yeah. for no good reason. Yeah, well, that's the weird thing. And this whole the society they try and build where, well, mages are above everyone else and... They're trying to kind of keep taking power and stuff. It's like, eh, that doesn't really work. Like, it doesn't really give you a kind of a, like, the idea of D&D is to, you know, you get to pick from a variety of different things, right? And you get to be that, and, you know, everyone's got something to contribute. Yeah. No, ideally, yeah. Ideally, yeah. Yeah. This movie doesn't bear that out. It's like, Ridley does everything. She's fucking useless, unfortunately. She has one or two good good shots like with some spells but other than that she's just around in case you need to get out of there so what marina yeah Yeah, marina she has that whole teleporting thing and she bears she only uses it twice she used it to escape in the beginning yeah and then she used it to escape the castle later on after after marlon wayans dies i'm like if you had that why didn't you just do that to go to marlon wayans 
and then do it again to get out of the castle. Well, I guess you got to know where you're going. Well, I guess, but... Yeah, she could have had that, and Marlon Wayans could have run through that, like, hey, over here. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, it's it's so weird. It, it's... They could have had so much fun with her character. She could have been... That's the thing, mages don't have to be physical. That's their idea. They do magic-y shit. So they could have had so much fun with her, like, freezing people, throwing fireballs, and, you know, different... Even, like, low-level shit, like, you know, maybe uh, just cause a tree branch to pop up at the right time and trip somebody chasing them or something like that. Like, they could have had so much fun with what she could do, and she doesn't have to lay a finger on anybody. But instead, her big move is she actually grabs a stick and hits hits Jeremy Irons. Yeah, well, think about the one, too, the elf. Um, (laughs) She really pissed me off because they they all get captured when he goes in to get... He goes in to get the rod. So they're all after this rod that controls the red dragons, right? Yeah. Um, so he goes in to get the rod, and then he comes back out, and then all the bad guys have all the good guys captured. And only so he, and of course, he's forced to hand over the rod, and then the elf pulls out, like, two blades, and she breaks away, and she causes everyone to to escape from the clutches. Yeah. I'm like, why didn't, why didn't you do that before he gave up the rod? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, why were you sitting on this talent the whole time? What were you waiting for? Yeah, if I was him, I would have been pissed. It's like, wait a minute, you could have done that fucking minutes ago. What's wrong with you? Especially when everyone was looking at him. Yeah, waiting for him to hand over the 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 rod. It's like, yeah, she should have. That should have been her moment to be like, okay, they're all distracted looking at this guy. Stabby stab, jump stab. Yeah, but no. Oh, yeah, so, so uh, bothered it, me. It was, yeah, it was so poorly, like, the concept, the the idea, okay, the idea of going after a scepter that controls dragons, that, that actually sounds like an epic quest. Sure. But it is so minimalized by the other, like, they've got to have their class hatred going on, you've got to have these weird, oper- these weird reasons for people to be together. I mean, uh, to be honest, this should have been the Expendables. Well, they honestly should have just had a group of people that already knew each other. They got hired to do a job. Yeah, and and go. I'm I'm cool. With, I like the I actually like the idea of you have to do the side quest for. Well, you have to do you know, quest A to get to quest B. Sure, but I like that. Like, go get the eye of the 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 dragon to get the dragon scepter. Okay, that's kind of cool. It's a two step process. I, I don't remember. Uh, like I've played Dungeons and Dragons maybe once or twice. Not a big D and D guy. Um. Think of yeah, I may play it once or twice. I watched the old cartoon. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't remember so much talking amongst the party. No. Usually, no, when you... you talk to someone, you're talking to an NPC, right? Yeah, most of it's out of character, uh, unless the the dungeon master, you know, ha- forced you to based on the circumstances. Right. Like if 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 you're too people are talking it's like well wait a second you're not in the same room so you can't actually talk to each other right right now. right no, no. like that's when that kind of thing has to be enforced but otherwise yeah like like yeah but you can chit chat amongst yourselves yeah but holy like cow. one like one what one player character doesn't usually try to hit on another one right <laughs> not unless they think it'll get them somewhere but no no that that kind of stuff you usually get uh i've seen it before with with uh uh, 
where the the game player will actually do that to one of the the uh the NPCs, NPC characters yeah, yeah from the, that the dungeon master is controlling i'm going to i'm going to flirt with the busty barmaid to see if she'll get me any more information right or, right you know, yeah 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 you don't do it with the guy sitting next to you yeah don't do it with <laughs> no even if you, the guy is playing a female character yeah you don't do that that's just that's stupid <laughs> Even if it's a couple, and I know there's couples that play this. Yeah, yeah. Fucking leave that shit outside, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we've got gold to get, you know. you've We saw that whole room of treasure when you went to get the eye. Yeah. Or no, when you went to get the, the scepter? The scepter. The, the rod? Yeah, the rod. That's, that's, that's years worth of campaigns to get that much treasure. <laughs> he was right there. I was like, you fuck. <laughs> well, would like, be lucky to find a tenth of that. Let, let's, let's, let's just go back and <laughs> let's just uh, say that... We, Let's stop calling it the rod, okay? Yeah, uh, scepter. Scepter is probably better. Sure. Rod just makes me giggle every time you say it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. when when um, uh, Ridley shows up and uh, Jeremy Irons at the at the end there, and he's he's uh, Ridley's got the rod, and ah! Jeremy Irons turns around. and You he just goes, did it. No, I know, but Jeremy Irons <laughs> Jeremy Irons turns around and goes, "Give me the rod." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, how can I not? Like, you're making this way too easy. Oh, yeah. He's already over the top, and then you got to bring this into it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for I sure. Mean, like, come on. And I had to laugh <laughs> when he's going through the game to get the ruby. First off, that entire scene is just, oh, my God. There's so many things about this. Like, so he goes to see the, the, the lead thief or whatever. The Guildmaster. Yeah. And he says, have you ever heard of my maze? And he says, yes, of course. And he's like, then you'll know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, if he if he's heard about it, then why are you saying this? This is the one thing in movies that drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I know why they do it. So they have, you know, so it's the audience. But it's like, but if he already knows, why are you then explaining it? It doesn't make any but sense. Yeah, is it for the benefit of Marina or what? Well, it's for the right. benefit of the audience, is what it is. Well, but... sure. I mean, but I mean, the, you know, character to character here. Yeah, exactly. But you're right. Most of the cases, it, it the answer should be no. I haven't. Yeah. Have yes. you heard of blah blah blah? And uh, no, I haven't. Well, let me tell you, so I can tell the audience. Yeah, exactly. That's a little more yeah. forgivable. Yeah, it's just yeah, overused. Exactly. No, you're right. And then it turns into like a big game show. Kind of like Legends of the Hidden Temple, you know what I mean? From back in the nineties, uh, I was thinking like American Ninja Warrior. There you go, American Gladiators, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the- I did almost expect something like that, to, you know. And and here comes Thundar. Yeah, yeah. And then Spandexia. And then there's and there's betting going on, and they're like, "Oh, I bet he lasts forty minutes. Oh, I bet an hour or whatever." And they're like, I think it was in seconds, or in seconds, or whatever. And, she, and yeah, and Marina goes, "Are they betting on how long he'll live?" It's like, no, they're betting on how long it'll take him to die. And I'm like, that's the same bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I noted that too. I was like, so yes, <laughs> that's exactly the same thing. Yeah, You're just saying it differently. Yeah, saying Weirdo. it differently doesn't make it a different thing. <laughs> Dumb shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, that that part was kind of okay. I actually did like the maze they set up. I thought it was 
Yeah, it was fun. Like that's the kind of something something that you would probably encounter in a game. You know what I mean? Like the having the different types of booby traps that you have to figure out how to get. Yeah, but did it look familiar at all? Oh, sure. Temple of, uh, not Temple of Doom, but of like a very Indiana Jonesy. Oh, it, it felt like it pulled from a lot of them because there's like the uh, the thing at the end where he walks up slowly to the thing to the big prize and takes it very carefully out of the thing, and then and then Temple of Doom also when there's things coming at him and fire shooting out or whatever from the walls. And then there's the yep. one in the eye room. Yep, you have to step on the certain step on the certain thing that's right out of. Uh, that's out of Raiders and yeah, uh, I think Raiders does it too. Yeah, you know, the whole time uh, he's stepping on the right one, he's I'm like, but in Hebrew, Isaiah begins with a J. You know, <laughs> yeah. shit, man. Like this. Well, they put this movie on first of all on the shoulders of kids, and. I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's supposed to be for young people, but at the same time, it's like, I think they needed that, like, this is what, like, I think they needed to have, like, the wise older character to guide them along. Yeah. I think they needed uh, a mage, maybe a priest character or something like that, right, that could, first of all, heal them as they go, and I don't know. Uh, usually elves are pretty good for that. Like, we get our elf character partway through, and then she doesn't do much, where el- elves are... Long lived, like she's over two hundred years old. She says, "Yeah, if we oh, had her at the beginning, she, uh, yeah. So if we had her near the closer to the beginning, if she actually did more, then she could show the characters uh, on their way, right? Like this is the the wizened character. It's fine. They played by a young actress. That's fine because uh, you know they elves are supposed to look young and beautiful and all that stuff. If Orlando Bloom taught us anything, right? Yeah, <laughs> they just needed like a Gandalf kind of character." Well, and that's the problem they set up with this. First of all, they gave us that may all you know most of the mages suck and are corrupt, and then secondly, the only one that does is young and naive, which uh, and that's why she doesn't suck yet. Yeah, exactly. So then you would, but I mean, yeah, having a Gandalf character, then she could have learned from him. Maybe she could have learned new spells and stuff like that to come in handy later. I don't know. Yeah, the whole there really wasn't a whole bunch of magic in this, was there? No, God, no. I mean, there really should have been more. I absolutely agree. Like, they get their checkpoint healing thing where when Ridley takes one in the shoulder, but that's, a, you know, and then there's a couple of portals and that same knockback spell that she uses twice. Like, so she knows two spells. Is that what we're to be given? Like, well, he does say at the beginning she's a low level mage. Well, then she's level one, maybe two. <laughs> yeah. Like that low level, apparently. Which kind of sucks. You want. You want a little bit of you want a little bit of experience, but you still want him to struggle. Like you want him to be able to do cool shit, but not be able to be godlike, right? So yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, give me a bit more. Like, like let's show that she's been studying overtime. Yeah, like she said. Well, yeah, she's studying with this older mage, and it looks like she's been doing it for a while. So she should have a few things. Maybe she picked up a book and read it on her own time or something. Yeah, you would think. Or, or maybe she has a book of spells with her. How about that? And she's trying them out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's let's have some more of that. Like, I really wanted her character as a mage to be more active. But she ends up just being the damsel in distress. Yeah, and actually, it, it's the thief that shows her up, kind of, when they go into the map. Yeah, the, yeah, this thief comes along and does everything. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, she just becomes the damsel in distress. That's all she is. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I really didn't like that. Especially, so they give us two thieves to play off each other, but then she, then he just has to have a girl. Yeah, and that's it. And it's like, oh, I wonder if they'll fall in love at the end. That old tired cliche. Yeah, that's, yeah. But... Like, what does she say something? It's like, oh, I would have to be... I'd have to be really stupid to fall in love with you. And I wrote down, I'd have to roll at most a three to be attracted to you and be your love interest in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it's like, uh-huh. and what there's, she has a line delivery there that I know it's been kind of talked about before, but where she's like, uh, I'm not like the other mages. And then she's like, I'm not like she does some weird goose honk. Oh, really? I must've missed that. Oh yeah, it's when she's like screaming at uh, at Ridley about because he because it's weird like Ridley he starts off racist or classist I guess against mages right starts to come around and then all of a sudden he gets right back on his high horse with all you mages are the same even though like he's gotten to know this character and should be actually endearing himself to her more he didn't just yeah. stop stops and they have to have a fight about because she's a mage it's like well you've known her for ten minutes she's not going to change to thief class all of a sudden. Well, yeah, exactly. The dungeon master's not going to allow that, so just deal with it, buddy. You know, do you want this hot girl or no? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, if if you do, then you got to take her as she is. She's a mage. You know, and this movie came out in the year two thousand, and it shows. Oh yeah, with the well, special th- this effects. Was... This is Jerry all over again. Yeah, I think Jer- this might have been Jerry's teacher. I'm not sure. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> and that's the thing is that uh, the way I look at it this movie was either too late or too early I think too late in terms of like if it had come out in like 80s 90s A they might have gotten the tone a little bit better instead of like this ain't your daddy's D&D um, you know they might have got like a group of people that maybe played the game a bit more that were you know back in the 70s back when sure. you know, when it was his core yeah they grow up and then they they do this right or it was made too uh, too early in that, like, now they could do a kick-ass job. Oh, now they could, sure. Yeah, and, and have, actually. There there have been sequels. Oh, really? Not, nothing that went to theater, mind you. I was going to say, yeah. But they have, and there's actually one. Uh, I'm trying to get the name of it here. Um, it's called, uh, it's kind of, a I, I think, like a spiritual. Oh, here we go. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the uh, the Book of Vile Darkness. Okay. Came out in 2012. And that's a sequel, or just another? Well, it's attack? another. It's another adventure, right? Like it's set on a different place and different characters. Like it has none of the same characters in it, but they managed. They got the Dungeons and Dragons name. Right. So that one, to be honest, I liked it better. It was. The effects obviously were better, but then just the the way that they they wrote everything. Why am I not surprised that you've seen this movie? <laughs> well, I, after after seeing the uh, after seeing this two thousands one, of course, I was going to look for something better. Yeah, true, fair enough. So it, it, I think it is, and just the the way the the everything everything's done, it's like oh, if they had only done this with the Jeremy Irons one, then we could have had Jeremy Irons involved, you know. This one has a cast of nobodies, pretty much, but uh, 
Well, I, I like how an, an hour and seventeen minutes in, we get our first real dungeon. Oh, I don't. I disagree. I think at the opening we get a dungeon. Yeah, but much. that was in his castle, though. I mean, that's which I guess could have a dungeon, but it's where most most dungeons are lo- were located. Yeah, but they don't actually call it a dungeon, and, and you know, because they get to the well, it's essentially a cave. But I guess caves and dragons just doesn't have the right ring to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, just from what I've experienced, most dungeons in the game are caves. Yeah, yeah, a so, lot of them were. Yeah, so she go, he goes into the cave and I'm like, oh, a dungeon. And I'm like, oh, an hour and 17 minutes in. Good job. <laughs> yeah. And I like to... My game critter. Where they... Um, right at the beginning when they're sort of uh, made to be outlaws. So they mm-hmm. got the, the two thieves, the dwarf and, and, and Marina. And then there's a guy in the town square, I assume the guards or security or whatever they're called, uh, reading the proclamations like, be on the lookout for a criminal and three accomplices, but never mind those four people walking through town wearing hoods, obviously, to protect their identity. That's not the people yeah. they're for. <laughs> they're the only ones wearing hoods in this entire town, but no, no, that's that's not them. That's not them. Obviously not. They're wearing hoods. I mean, we're looking for people who don't wear hoods. Yeah, obviously. These people wear hoods. Ergo, cannot be them. And don't look in the public places like the pubs and bars. Yeah, and- really. Local speakeasies and taverns, yeah. <laughs> They're certainly not going to show up there and just sit around with their hoods down and chit-chat. Oh, wait, there they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, hoods off, fucking chatting away, talking yeah, about whatever, loudly about whatever the fucking let's, mission is. Let's do some magic and, yeah, yeah friggin' chit-chat loudly. and like, There's that loud table in the bar that you wish you could just tell to <laughs> shut up. You know? yeah. <laughs> but no, 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 it's not them, it's not them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, th- this movie was was kind of crazy, but at the same time boring. I don't know how. Yeah, it just it it like it's kind of weird, and it's one of those things. And I guess it's sort of a Hollywood thing where all these movies, all the bad sort of fantasy movies happen, where all of the ancillary characters will be having like a British accent, or they'll mm-hmm. they'll talk in a gruff voice or something, you know, something to do with their race or whatever. But the main cast, they just talk normally. Oh, American, yeah. yeah. They have they uh, they have American accents. Oh, hey, I think <laughs> we better go over to that castle and have us a mead. You know? It's like <laughs> no, like fuck. Like I said, like the 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 dude's haircut really took it away from me. Oh gosh, yeah, he had that, yeah. Like, that 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 late nineties mushroom bangs that go up and out and over and uh, just Jesus Christ come on I'm expecting you to say whoa any second now yeah <laughs> yeah see if Marina knows the cowabunga spell yeah, yeah. really like come on <laughs> give us a try <laughs> and like the dragons look nothing like oh my god the dragons were Power Rangers level I know they were so bad yeah, and then they had to have so many of them because they based the whole thing around dragons. Yeah, and which you don't see until the very like, like you see the one at the beginning that gets killed. Yeah, Ran- rancor style, and then you get the you know a whole bunch of them at the end, and then they're they're they have to engage in dragon fisticuffs. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's really. Uh, see, that's where it was like, you know, wait ten more years. Yeah, we, we need the tech to get better. And they could have, you know, they could have made such a, I think with the proper story, they actually could have made like a franchise out of this. 
I think they planned to. I think that was obvious. That well, brings yeah. up the question that you posed in your synopsis. What the fuck happens at the end? I don't know. Because they go to visit Snail's grave. And uh, he places the uh, the ruby, the dragon's eye, which I thought he placed at the at, at the beginning, at the door to the to the tomb where he gets the rod. He had to. Okay, so did so, he did he take it back on the way out? I guess. Like we don't now even that, see that would. No, we don't. But that, in theory, would have reclosed the door, right? So no one else gets back in there, which is too bad because there's a fuck ton of treasure. Yeah. And they, see, I I think there's some on the cutting room floor where the, he he took it out saying that I'll come back later because if he goes back later he can just raid the room yeah and never has to work again yeah well let's talk about that um, that skeleton which is the best special effects in this movie yeah yeah the talking skeleton I mean yeah. it's, it's a practical effect so I mean fucking doy but mm-hmm. but he sits there and he says you know I I've been waiting here in purgatory waiting for someone the right man to come and take the rod from my hand and then he just takes it. So, and this is where they, they, I think I know where they were going with this, but they dropped the ball. I think what they meant to do was have a thing where he says, I, uh, I'm, I'm no such man, right? Like I, I, I can't handle this kind of power. And then that's what makes him the right man. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that, they, yeah. you've seen that before. It's like, you don't want the power. That's why you deserve it. Uh, I hate that. Yeah, I, I, I know, but I'm sure that's what they were trying to do. Because he says, I'm no such man. And then it's like, okay, cool. You get it then. Yeah, he just, because he just they, takes it, though. <laughs> well, no, the, the skeleton does let go at one yeah, point. Yeah, the skeleton. Yeah, well, after he gives him the warning. But but he should have just been like, you know, you, know, you don't want the power. Okay, so you're the right guy for it. it it's trite, but at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. fine. But that pays off at the end then when he, he has it and he's tempted. And then he... Turns the turns away from the temptation to control the dragons. Yeah, and it, it would have been better if the acting in this movie wasn't wasn't out of a high school play that was written by high schoolers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's <laughs> it's that. You know what? Oh my gosh! That that's it. This is someone's high school play, and they just put some special effects in there. Yeah, for bad because you, uh, you know it's like especially at the end there when they're fighting over the dragons and stuff. You can see the outline of the green screen around them. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Like they still haven't perfected. It's 2000. Like the Matrix is out by now. Yeah, yeah. Phantom Menace is out yeah, by now. Like, you know what I mean? Like they didn't have that problem. Like what? Okay. And you, ha- you have scenes with Thor Birch in the uh, the main hall there. And you can tell she's just talking on a green screen. Yeah. And they zoom in on her face and then they just green screen the rest. But you can tell that she's not actually there. It's so weird. I love now to. I, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. Now I did go back to the skeleton real quick. I I actually did like that part. I, think I did I'm, too. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, oh, okay, that's kind of a cool thing where this guy, you know, you have a ghost skeleton type thing, which you would find in the game, and the idea that he's been cursed by this thing that he wanted so badly, and that's you know, there's some poetry there, right? Like, yeah, a comeuppance. Yeah. So now the warning he gives doesn't make much sense, though. It doesn't really pay off. Well, yeah, because he's like, uh, the, the the great power this comes with great evil, and uh, it can only be broken by though by by someone who breaks the spell. How do you break the spell? That's for you to find out. I guess it, the the way to break the spell is just smash it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. No. No staff. No power. I guess. I I guess like 
easy. Yeah, they really trying to right. rush that at the end. And the thing is, you would think that the whatever the curse was, what might have hit Jeremy Irons. Yeah, it, I would I would have thought that maybe he would have turned into like a like what like wouldn't have been cool if he turned into like a skeleton dude. Uh, maybe like he, yeah. You know what I mean? Like like he he gets what he wants. He has the power of the red dragons. He calls the red dragons, and then the curse hits. So now, if he wants to keep using it, he just he has to live as like a skeleton ghost thing. You know what I mean? Like the price you pay. Yeah, but again, the prophecy wasn't really well stated either. So well, no, it's more it's more shown because this guy was just a ske- like curse for eternity as a skeleton dude. Yeah. Uh, so you would think that that irons would have f- suffered the same fate, right? But and like he was the like he was the maker of the rod, so like we don't even get a backstory in the dragons. Like we don't even <laughs> know what the dragons do. Or yeah, what what do they want? Like like what makes the red dragons so much better than the gold gold, gold dragons? Like why? Yeah. And why is why and and she controls them because she has the gold scepter? Okay. Why? And why does he want that? Like, he wants to take over. He wants her to give up the the gold scepter so that he can, I assume. Then he would have the gold dragons. Then he would have the gold dragons and do what? Well, I suppose if he got both scepters, right? He'd have all the dragons. I guess. And they would, and they would, and they would, and they would both do what he said. Right, but so we don't know have, what he, he wants ultimately, though. Well, he wants the throne. I yeah, guess. he wants to We're rule. To I guess that's yeah. maybe it. But I mean, right. So if he has all of the dragons, he would be unopposed. Yeah, I guess. It's not one hundred percent clear. You just have to kind of infer that with like, and you would think that him being so powerful, he would just go to her, maybe not in a public forum, but just to be like, "Give me that." <laughs> yeah, she's a child, as you call her. So, yeah, take and it. who do- who doesn't really? I, I mean. What does she do on her own? Nothing. Nothing. She rides a dragon for a little bit, but yeah, and that god awful headdress. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She must have loved that day on set. Oh my god, Jesus. And again, no expression on the face, even when riding a dragon. Nope. Nope. But then Ridley comes in um, after he stabs old Grey Lips in the back, and then he just tackles Jeremy Irons. Yeah, good like, good move. There's your go-to. Like, like you have a sword. Kill him. And a good one. Yeah, kill him. Uh, yeah, I, I see, I thought that was, should have been Thor Birch's kill, because he's been antagonizing her this whole time. And it does end up being that way, but I mean, if you're... If you want me to believe that this guy's actually trying to take this guy out, he's got a sword. And a small knife that he used to kill the other guy. Yeah. So... <laughs> I like I I like that kill though, I like I did like his his kill on Damodar. He engages them in a sword fight, but then at the end, it's a thief's tool that does it. Yeah, the stab in the back like that. Okay. Yeah. It, okay. <laughs> when he does the big flip move, I'm like, okay, I know how this plays out if you're playing a Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gave him 10 XP for that. So like like if 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 this is happening like if this movie is the result of a real live D&D game then I imagine the guy playing Ridley is kind of like okay so this is what I want to do okay dungeon master um I want to uh slash at him and then dodge dodge his thing and then jump on the wall do a 
backflip and then stab him in the back. And Dungeon Master's like, yeah, you're going to need about an 18 to do that. Yeah, yeah, at least an 18, yeah. And then he rolls like a nat 20, and it's like, everyone at the table goes, oh my god! <laughs> That's right, and so, okay, critical hit. You stab him in the back, and then you just, for no good reason, just walk him over to the ledge and push him over. Yeah, exactly. And then the dungeon master takes that character sheet, sets it aside. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll use that guy in another campaign later because he was really good, but for now he's dead. Yeah, I, I can imagine the the dungeon master going, "Fuck, I had planes for him." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I'll have to use him next time. Oh, and you brought it up in the synopsis too. If you have the ability to suck the information out of her brain yourself, mm-hmm. why bother asking questions? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like he just learns. It doesn't look like he learns that this is what they can do. He just knows they can do that, so he does it. And this is my other thing. She asks him why. Why why he, like, if he's not totally on Jeremy Irons' side, why is he doing this? Right? Mm-hmm. And he says, look at me, I'm dying. Referring to the thing that he put in his head, right? Yeah. But he was already following Jeremy Irons before he had that put in his head. Yes. Okay, so here's my take on it. <laughs> okay. Is that just a ploy? Well, it's one of two things. Either it was a ploy, and I think that might have been he was trying to play on our sympathies and and... Oh, help me, help me. You know, tell me what you know. That'll help me. I can get released from this torture. Right. Or we kind of see that the act of Jeremy Irons inflicting this thing on him because it wasn't exactly painless. Right. Right. The act of inflicting this thing upon him turns him against Irons. Where he's now, before he was serving him willingly, now he's uh, serving uh, by force. Yeah, but doesn't she say because that, he's forced into it? But doesn't? But he's already like pretty much following him anyway. Right oh yeah, but when he so right, but when he fails, then he gets this thing put in his head. So instead of getting a second chance, Irons is just like, "No, I'm going to do this painful thing." So I, I think as a character, Damodar is like, "Well, you're a jackass." Now you know he didn't like him after that point. Yeah, well, true. But I mean, it's not really that clearly explained, so we don't really know whether he was telling the truth or not about, you know. Did he really want help from her? Yeah. And the thing is, she's I'm only a mage. I can't do anything about magic, apparently. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, she's just stunned. I'm like, well, you're asking the wrong mage there because she can't do anything. It's like, uh, do you need a ride home? Because I can. <laughs> yeah, I can get a horse. Uh, maybe, I, well, I can open a portal and get you to a doctor or something to get that looked at. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, this one's just, just bad. Just bad movie. I know, and... I, you know, uh, I loved having Jeremy Irons in it. I think he, he made a, a really fun villain. He knew, obviously, what he was in, so he went haywire. Um, and obviously the concept of doing a and d movie with with any kind of budget, I was, you know, yeah, let's 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 try something. Let's just tell us. Because that's the thing. D&D is just meant to be a, 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 basically an infinite amount of small stories that you can tell yeah. as players and, and the Dungeon Master, and that's the fun of it. Tell your own story about your adventure. 
Yeah, it's a communal story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, to be honest, they probably could have got something a little bit better had they actually gone through and played a game of D&D. That's what I was thinking. Just play a game of D&D, uh, D&D and then adapt it for the screen. And, rec- and record it, yeah, yeah. And then use just adapt it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like the uh, if it were me doing it, I honestly would have kept that voiceless guy, or that faceless guy, excuse me, mm-hmm. as the dungeon master. Yeah. Our characters then trek off into this land, and you know how the dungeon master kind of has to sometimes give some background to fill in what the characters know? Yeah. Or what the characters are supposed to know? It's like, okay, uh, you there, Randor, you've... You've been to this village before, so you know that the best bar is over on the west side of town or something like that. Right. Right. So you could have something like that where you have a... A narrator. Um, a, nar- a narrator, yeah. yeah, basically, is kind of our dungeon master. Yeah, exactly. Anything else? let it play out. Uh, no, I mean, okay. that, that's really... My, my final thought is, like, they should have just played out a game or two or just sat in on some sessions. Yeah. They probably could have got some really fun stuff. Yeah. I feel like they just read the, uh, the, uh, the, the player's handbook, the player's handbook, and just went from there. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. We need one of these, one of these, and one of these. <laughs> uh, so just a few things in this movie. When asked why he did the film, Jeremy Irons simply replied, "Are you kidding? I just bought a castle. I had to pay for it somehow." <laughs> that was obvious. Um, there's a uh, an alternate ending where the Empress destroys her rod and proclaims the heroes champions of the throne. Um, they thought this was such a bad idea. He did The director didn't even put it on the DVD. Oh, wow. So I can't even imagine. Basically, it's the Star Wars ending, right? Uh, okay, but still, the, <laughs> the, 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 the obscure, let's turn them into red dust and fly away? Yeah. I mean, do they die? Is that when they die? Or do they get spirited off to another adventure? Yeah, is that it? Yeah, that's what I assumed, maybe. He says, well, your so friend is waiting for you. Okay. My friend is dead. I don't want to go see him right now. Yeah, it's like no, I'll wait. I, I I just got to be hero of the of the land. I've got the girl. I've got these swanky new duds. I don't want to die just yet. Yeah, I got me some fucking to do. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen this girl when she takes her glasses off? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when she when she deuglifies, yeah. When she deuglifies, she lets the hair down. My yeah. goodness, yeah. Like uh, that. So somehow that's a better ending than you win the campaign. Yeah. No, you have... Every good DM knows you You give closure to your campaign. Yeah. Like a solid ending. Like you're you're the heroes of the realm and here's your reward and your treasure and blah, blah, blah. Like, come on. Uh, the trailers for this film, I don't even remember the trailers and why I oh, tried to go. Yeah. The trailers, none of them, none of the cast was listed, not even Jeremy Irons. Wow. Now, you could probably recognize him in the trailer, but... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and there's a weird credit in the middle of the thing. No dragons or other animals were hurt or injured during the filming of this motion picture. Oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure the dragons weren't hurt. <laughs> so as always on the show, we try to find the real story behind the story. Mark, what do you got? Uh, or is it the worst campaign I've never participated in? Okay. Yep, because if this was what, like, this would have made me quit the game. Yeah. I think if I played through this, I'm like, what? We turn into Red Dust? That's the fucking end? Yeah. I played 20, I paid your side for the pizza! Fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) I have two. I have his, uh, 
or is it the story of the most ill-prepared empress who chooses not to have her own army, followers, or even guards, Yeah, but chooses rather to rely on a random group of nobodies to go on the most important quest ever? Yeah, that that also is very insane. That's a good point. Like, like where's where, where's her backup? Like, does she not have a council of her own? No, no, and she has one agent, the elf. Yeah, who was probably hired. Uh, yeah, I mean, the elf had a couple, had some crew. Even the elf had a crew. Mm-hmm. Where's the where's the where's the princess? Where's the empress's private council? Yeah, where's her army? Oh, and by the way, you're all free. Free from what? Yeah. Um, also, I have it. Or is it spare the rod, spoil the franchise? <laughs> well done. So that's going to about do it for Dungeons & Dragons kicking off Fantasy Month here on uh, Or Is It? Um, I'm Sean Taylor. And I'm Ian Mark. Join us next time when we'll review the latest of the Marvel movies as the Avengers team up to take down Santa Claus after he joins Hydra. Chris Evans leads the charge in Captain America, the Winter Solstice.